Welcome to Abide's Sleep Meditations. I'm Tyler Boss. Today's meditation is sponsored by FaithfulCounseling.com, where they combine biblical wisdom with clinical expertise in mental health. Faithful Counseling can bring God's healing to you. Just go to FaithfulCounseling.com slash Abide. Remember, you can listen to all our sleep stories by downloading Abide from the App Store. Now, relax your mind and body as we hear tonight's sleep story. Welcome to this Abide Bedtime Story. A story of God's sustaining power through all the rigors and trials of life. We will see this played out in the life of John Wesley, a man who greatly influenced England and America in the 18th century and continues to do so today. Hearing of God's faithfulness will help you fall into a deep, restful sleep. Before we follow John Wesley on one of his many horseback journeys to preach throughout the countryside of England, we want to take a few moments to put the cares of our lives aside and concentrate on the truth of our lives with God. So relax. Find a comfortable position and get your pillow and blankets just right. Now, close your eyes and take a deep breath. Exhale your worries and inhale awareness of the Holy Spirit's presence. Let the wisdom of Romans 8:38 and 39 fill your mind. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that your beloved child will know that you are not only real, but present with them at this very moment. I ask that the knowledge of this will fill this child of yours with peace that can only come from you. I confidently ask for your protection over this one as they sleep stand by to protect them from outside evil and from their own active mind I trust that you will help this one of yours to fulfill your plans for them tomorrow help them to rest 
in tranquility tonight in Jesus Christ we pray amen The horse plodded gently, almost lulling John to sleep. He was thankful for the motion's steady rhythm that helped quiet his roaming mind as he headed to preach in another spot within the English countryside. Imagine what it felt like to bob along on a horse for miles and miles. John slipped off his horse as he'd arrived at an inn, anxious to rest for a few moments and to obtain a hearty meal before going on. He stretched his weary muscles and took a deep breath to take in the tantalizing sense of food cooking on the hearth. Imagine these smells. Roasted meat and vegetables. Fresh baked bread. Fruit pies. Sweet puddings. As John walked through the doors, He noticed only a few people in the inn besides the proprietor. One man was sitting alone. So John asked if he could join him after ordering a meal. The man readily agreed and John settled in next to him. The man was a coal miner who had recently had to retire because of ill health. After discussing this for a while, John asked about the man's faith. The man confessed that his faith had been all but extinguished for many years. As John shared his own experience and how God had become vitally real to him, the man hung on his every word so instead of moving on after eating as he'd planned John stayed with this man for several hours opening his Bible and talking to him about how to revitalize his faith Picture them with their heads together, pondering the scriptures. When John finally took his leave, he felt calm and peaceful. What a privilege to tell others of the great relationship God wanted with them through Christ. He patted his good horse on the nose and gave him a carrot he'd procured at the inn. Putting his foot in the stirrup and flinging his leg over the saddle, he continued on his way, 
because of taking longer at the inn, he knew he would arrive at his host's home after dark. But John wasn't afraid, which wasn't because he was born courageous. He had to learn that painstakingly. As he rode, John thought back to his sea journey to Savannah, Georgia, in the Americas. He remembered seeing for the first time the ship that he'd spent weeks on. He'd been to the docks many times to admire the great sailing ships. But this would be his first big sea voyage. And he felt anticipation for all he would experience on this adventure. He was proud to be named chaplain of this fine vessel and was looking forward to becoming an Anglican pastor to the British colonists in Savannah. Picture yourself in his shoes, looking at the ship before boarding. The ship is huge, with three masts billowing in the breeze. The figurehead on the bow of the ship depicted Neptune with his fork. The sides of the ship were painted in striking, vibrant colors. John's journey ended up being quite different from what he'd expected. Rather than feeling superior as the chaplain, he felt humbled by others on the ship. When they met inclement weather, he had been frightened, but others remained calm, confident that God was in charge no matter what. With sobering clarity, he realized his faith was weak in comparison. A faith he'd learned at his mother's knee. He smiled as he thought back to his faithful mother. With 19 children to teach, she had given them a stellar education and she had early taught them the Holy Scriptures. John would forever be grateful for passages that filled his mind because of her instruction. And her faith was more than lip service. It was her very life and breath. He remembered that when she became particularly overwhelmed with her many responsibilities, she would throw her apron over her head. That was a signal that all the children should grow quiet, because she was talking to God. The picture of this mother escaping the chaos the only way she could and turning to the only one who could help her was a powerful one in John's imagination 
and it helped him now to keep perspective during his busy itinerant schedule let's take an apron moment now Lord we ask that your child would rest all their cares at your feet we trust you to take their burdens so they do not have to carry them help them to feel your presence as you lift them from their shoulders right now in the name of Jesus I pray amen as he plodded on John remembered when he realized his own faith was weak after a disappointing time in Savannah he'd returned to his native England everything changed on May 24 1738 as he recalled when he wrote in his journal in the evening I went very unwittingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans about a quarter before nine while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ I felt my heart strangely warmed I felt I did trust in Christ Christ alone for salvation and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins even mine and saved me from the law of sin and death after that John knew that his ministry would now be fruitful for it was genuine in his heart John patted his horse's head and looked out across his beloved England's countryside as they were well into spring the fields were covered in lush green it had been raining the day before but on this day the Sun was shining even though it was getting lower in the sky he smiled as he passed a field of wildflowers and caught the sweet smell of lilacs growing along the road imagine the smell of lilacs and let it permeate your senses as he rode on the Sun dipped toward the horizon the colors of the sky burst into an array of bright corals that took John's breath away no matter how many times he saw a sunset it always spoke to him of God's majestic glory and unending creativity a few minutes later 
the sun was gone and dusk stole over the landscape a stone wall that had looked distinct a few moments before now blended into the landscape the birds grew quieter and a fox yelled somewhere in the distance a peace took over the land and John relaxed once more before he could process it the dusk was gone and he was plunged into darkness thankfully it was a clear night and the stars were brilliant the moon was just a sliver which made the night sky a vast blanket of alternative light John was thankful his horse would follow the road without his guidance so he could lean back and look up truly he thought the heavens declare the glory of God picture a night sky without modern lights imagine how brilliant the sky would look well after dark John arrived at his host's home the family had been waiting anxiously for him and raced out as soon as they heard his horse snort where have you been dear friend we were worried I'm sorry to have worried you I intended to be here much earlier but God had other plans for me and John told him of the man at the inn as I always say do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can reassured they patted him on the back and welcomed him in as they stepped through the front gate it squeaked a welcome and swung shut behind them John admired the garden with its rose bushes blooming in whites and pinks while the blue of morning glories climbed a trellis around the front door it was a pleasant and welcoming sight imagine yourself entering this garden in the way it would make you feel calm and restful John stepped into a cozy room that was dominated by a huge stone fireplace the ceiling was lined with large oak beams that looked as though 
they had been there for centuries as they were soot stained from the fireplace the wood floors were waxed to shiny perfection and a huge braided rug of many colors spread out across the worn boards like a ship sailing on an ocean John was led to an enormous table as the family gathered around they had already eaten but saved a generous portion for him hungry after his long ride John tucked into the abundant meal he knew the family had sacrificed to feed him so royally and he was touched by their kindness as John dined inside the family's oldest son led John's faithful horse to the carriage house brushed him down and gave him an extra dose of oats he would be treated as well as his master the son arrived back into the house just as John was finishing eating John already had his Bible out and was instructing those who had shown him such hospitality as he talked his host asked him how can you keep going to town after town you've been to hundreds so far and you aren't getting any younger aren't you weary John smiled of course I get tired but one of my favorite passages is Galatians 2:20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me the truth of this passage keeps me going as it should guide us all I'm sure you must live by faith too and all you do the man nodded and the questions continued late into the night finally they led John to his bed and he collapsed in peaceful sleep picture yourself in this ancient home with its kind hospitality and sweet generosity the next morning dawn clear but soon clouded over with a light rain John's hosts were worried that it would affect those in attendance but John was confident God will bring exactly who he wants to be there the host's oldest son was appointed to hold the umbrella over John's head so that he would be free to open his Bible and preach from it 
to everyone's surprise a great crowd stood waiting for him to arrive there must have been close to a hundred people there in spite of the rain John looked out over the sea of umbrellas and began to preach his voice carried over the rain and across the crowd even those in the back could hear him clearly God had truly gifted him with a strong voice as John began he held up his Bible this book is more valuable than I can say why you ask because I want to know one thing the way to heaven and how to land safe on that happy shore God himself has condescended to teach the way for this end he came from heaven he hath written it down in a book give me that book at any price give me the book of God the crowd which had been muttering among themselves now became silent hanging on his every word enraptured with his passion they had never heard anyone preach like this after about 20 minutes the rain dissipated and the umbrellas began going down one by one John was glad that he could now see people's faces and was even more pleased when the Sun came out and bathed everyone in its warmth picture what it feels like to see the Sun after a rainy day and how comforting the warmth is when it has been particularly cool and wet John most liked to talk about God's tremendous love for his people and on this occasion he spoke of it often he ended his sermon with Romans 8 38 and 39 for I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord when he was finished a great swell of people moved forward to meet him after being greeted individually they mostly drifted off reluctantly one young man however stayed behind may I ask one more question he asked longingly of course what is it a man I much admire told me that any pleasure I feel 
is wicked that thought has plagued me no matter how I fight against it how can I move past the desire to feel pleasure John shook his head in disappointment that this young man would be so instructed by a man of faith I cannot think that when God sent us into the world he had irreversibly decreed that we should be perpetually miserable in it if our taking up the cross imply our bidding adieu to all joy and satisfaction how is it reconcilable with what Solomon expressly affirms of religion that her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace the man smiled broadly at this and went away much relieved his effort at being miserable clearly went against his personality and he left affirmed that God had made him cheerful for a reason after the man left John's host family came up to escort him back to their home for a noon meal I was amazed how many people came out to hear you in the rain I can't think of any other time I've seen such a thing happen why do you think people come from miles around to hear you John smiled I'm sure the answer is that God draws them but I also think if you catch on fire people will come for miles to see you burn people long for passion in their lives and so few demonstrate it my passion for Christ is compelling to those who long for it is there any hope that I could lead some of these people by instructing them in the scriptures his host asked then he hesitated and hung his head I know I haven't been to school to be ordained John put his hand on his friend's shoulder beware you be not swallowed up in books an ounce of love is worth a pound of knowledge give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God and I care not they be clergymen or laymen they alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth but John warned unless God has raised you up for this very thing you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils but if God before you who can be against you 
are all of them together stronger than God oh be not weary of well-doing his friend grinned broadly at that and felt a new courage overtake him God could use him too as they walked to his host's home John was glad that a few more people would be joining them for the meal as they settled in to eat one of them asked you are so confident and sure of yourself how did you become so self-assured John shook his head I'm not as confident as you think when I was young I was sure of everything in a few years having been mistaken a thousand times I was not half so sure of most things as I was before at present I am hardly sure of anything but what God has revealed to me the man looked at him in surprise and then burst out laughing that is very refreshing John grinned and picked up a piece of bread when a young woman asked can you advise me on prayer I feel I fail often at how I pray how do you feel you fail John asked I don't have the right words and I don't think I strive as much as I should in prayer John frowned at these words I think you are looking at prayer all wrong you are making it a duty and chore rather than a delight the woman looked at him in surprise how can prayer be a delight John put his fork down and looked thoughtful after a long pause he said Thanksgiving is inseparable from true prayer it is almost essentially connected with it one who always prays is ever giving praise whether in ease or pain both for prosperity and for the greatest adversity he blesses God for all things looks on them as coming from him and receives them for his sake not choosing nor refusing liking or disliking anything but only as it is agreeable or disagreeable to his perfect will so I should always pray with Thanksgiving John picked up his fork and put a large piece of food in his mouth he nodded vigorously and mumbled always Lord we take a moment to thank you for the many blessings you have brought to this loved one's life and we thank you in advance for the rest you will give this one who loves you amen 
John took a short rest before he'd be expected to preach again in a few hours. Sometimes he preached three times a day. He was glad it would only be two times after his long journey. He would spend the night again with these fine people. And then he would get on his faithful horse and ride to the next town that was expecting him. John was early in his ministry. He didn't know that by the end of his life, he would have ridden more than 250,000 miles on horseback and preached more than 40,000 sermons. Yet for all his work, he knew his relationship with God was most important. As he said, in using all means, seek God alone. In and through every outward thing, look only to the power of his spirit and the merits of his son. Beware, you do not get stuck in the work itself. If you do, it is all lost labor. Nothing short of God can satisfy your soul. Therefore, fix on Him in all, through all, and above all. Rest now in the great God that John Wesley knew and preached. Enjoy His presence and bask in His love as you drift to sleep. Romans 11 concludes with these wonderful words. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things to him be glory forever amen sleep well beloved one and dream of God's love and goodness the horse plodded gently almost lulling John to sleep he was thankful for the motions steady rhythm that helped quiet his roaming mind as he headed to preach in another spot within the English countryside imagine what it felt like to bob along on a horse for miles and miles John slipped off his horse as he'd arrived at an inn, anxious to rest for a few moments and to obtain a hearty meal before going on. He stretched his weary muscles and took a deep breath to take in the tantalizing sense of food cooking on the hearth. 
Imagine these smells. Roasted meat and vegetables. Fresh baked bread. Fruit pies. Sweet puddings. As John walked through the doors, he noticed only a few people in the inn besides the proprietor. One man was sitting alone. So John asked if he could join him after ordering a meal. The man readily agreed, and John settled in next to him. The man was a coal miner who had recently had to retire because of ill health. After discussing this for a while, John asked about the man's faith. The man confessed that his faith had been all but extinguished for many years. As John shared his own experience and how God had become vitally real to him, the man hung on his every word. So, instead of moving on after eating as he'd planned, John stayed with this man for several hours, opening his Bible and talking to him about how to revitalize his faith. Picture them with their heads together, pondering the scriptures. When John finally took his leave, he felt calm and peaceful. What a privilege to tell others of the great relationship God wanted with them through Christ. He patted his good horse on the nose and gave him a carrot he procured at the inn, putting his foot in the stirrup and flinging his leg over the saddle he continued on his way because of taking longer at the inn he knew he would arrive at his host's home after dark but John wasn't afraid which wasn't because he was born courageous he had to learn that painstakingly as he rode John thought back to his sea journey to Savannah Georgia in the Americas he remembered seeing for the first time the ship that he'd spent weeks on he'd been to the docks many times to admire the great sailing ships but this would be his first big sea voyage and he felt anticipation for all he would experience on this adventure he was proud to be named chaplain of this fine vessel and was looking forward to becoming an Anglican pastor to the British colonists in Savannah picture yourself in his shoes 
looking at the ship before boarding the ship is huge with three masts billowing in the breeze the figurehead on the bow of the ship depicted Neptune with his fork the sides of the ship were painted in striking vibrant colors John's journey ended up being quite different from what he'd expected rather than feeling superior as the chaplain he felt humbled by others on the ship when they met inclement weather he had been frightened but others remained calm confident that God was in charge no matter what with sobering clarity he realized his faith was weak in comparison a faith he'd learned at his mother's knee he smiled as he thought back to his faithful mother with 19 children to teach she had given them a stellar education and she had early taught them the holy scriptures John would forever be grateful for passages that filled his mind because of her instruction and her faith was more than lip service it was her very life and breath he remembered that when she became particularly overwhelmed with her many responsibilities she would throw her apron over her head that was a signal that all the children should grow quiet because she was talking to God the picture of this mother escaping the chaos the only way she could and turning to the only one who could help her was a powerful one in John's imagination and it helped him now to keep perspective during his busy itinerant schedule let's take an apron moment now Lord we ask that your child would rest all their cares at your feet we trust you to take their burdens so they do not have to carry them help them to feel your presence as you lift them from their shoulders right now in the name of Jesus I pray amen as he plodded on John remembered when he realized his own faith was weak after a disappointing time in Savannah he'd returned to his native England everything changed on May 24 1738 as he recalled when he wrote in his journal in the evening 
I went very unwittingly to a society in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me that He had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. After that, John knew that his ministry would now be fruitful, for it was genuine in his heart. John patted his horse's head and looked out across his beloved England's countryside. As they were well into spring, the fields were covered in lush green. It had been raining the day before, but on this day, the sun was shining, even though it was getting lower in the sky. He smiled as he passed a field of wild flowers and caught the sweet smell of lilacs growing along the road. Imagine the smell of lilacs and let it permeate your senses. As he rode on, the sun dipped toward the horizon. The colors of the sky burst into an array of bright corals that took John's breath away. No matter how many times he saw a sunset, it always spoke to him of God's majestic glory and unending creativity. A few minutes later, the sun was gone and dusk stole over the landscape. A stone wall that had looked distinct a few moments before now blended into the landscape. The birds grew quieter, and a fox yelled somewhere in the distance. A peace took over the land, and John relaxed once more. Before he could process it, the dusk was gone and he was plunged into darkness. Thankfully, it was a clear night, and the stars were brilliant. The moon was just a sliver, which made the night sky a vast blanket of alternative light. John was thankful. His horse would follow the road without his guidance so he could lean back and look up 
truly, he thought. The heavens declare the glory of God. Picture a night sky without modern lights. Imagine how brilliant the sky would look. Well after dark, John arrived at his host's home. The family had been waiting anxiously for him and raced out as soon as they heard his horse snort. Where have you been, dear friend? We were worried. I'm sorry to have worried you. I intended to be here much earlier. But God had other plans for me. And John told him of the man at the inn. As I always say, do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Reassured, they patted him on the back and welcomed him in. As they stepped through the front gate, it squeaked a welcome and swung shut behind them. John admired the garden, with its rose bushes blooming in whites and pinks, while the blue of morning glories climbed a trellis around the front door. It was a pleasant and welcoming sight. Imagine yourself entering this garden in the way it would make you feel calm and restful. John stepped into a cozy room that was dominated by a huge stone fireplace. The ceiling was lined with large oak beams that looked as though they had been there for centuries as they were soot-stained from the fireplace. The wood floors were waxed to shiny perfection, and a huge braided rug of many colors spread out across the worn boards like a ship sailing on an ocean. John was led to an enormous table as the family gathered around. They had already eaten, but saved a generous portion for him. Hungry after his long ride, John tucked into the abundant meal. He knew the family had sacrificed to feed him so royally, and he was touched by their kindness. As John dined inside, the family's oldest son led John's faithful horse to the carriage house, brushed him down, and gave him an extra dose of oats. He would be treated as well as his master 
the son arrived back into the house just as John was finishing eating John already had his Bible out and was instructing those who had shown him such hospitality as he talked his host asked him how can you keep going to town after town you've been to hundreds so far and you aren't getting any younger aren't you weary John smiled of course I get tired but one of my favorite passages is Galatians 2:20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me the truth of this passage keeps me going as it should guide us all I'm sure you must live by faith too and all you do the man nodded and the questions continued late into the night finally they led John to his bed and he collapsed in peaceful sleep picture yourself in this ancient home with its kind hospitality and sweet generosity the next morning dawn clear but soon clouded over with a light rain John's hosts were worried that it would affect those in attendance but John was confident God will bring exactly who he wants to be there the host's oldest son was appointed to hold the umbrella over John's head so that he would be free to open his Bible and preach from it to everyone's surprise a great crowd stood waiting for him to arrive there must have been close to a hundred people there in spite of the rain John looked out over the sea of umbrellas and began to preach his voice carried over the rain and across the crowd even those in the back could hear him clearly God had truly gifted him with a strong voice as John began he held up his Bible this book is more valuable than I can say why you ask because I want to know one thing the way to heaven and how to land safe on that happy shore God himself has condescended to teach the way for this end he came from heaven he hath written 
it down in a book give me that book at any price give me the book of God the crowd which had been muttering among themselves now became silent hanging on his every word enraptured with his passion they had never heard anyone preach like this after about 20 minutes the rain dissipated and the umbrellas began going down one by one John was glad that he could now see people's faces and was even more pleased when the Sun came out and bathed everyone in its warmth picture what it feels like to see the Sun after a rainy day and how comforting the warmth is when it has been particularly cool and wet John most liked to talk about God's tremendous love for his people and on this occasion he spoke of it often he ended his sermon with Romans 8 38 and 39 for I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord when he was finished a great swell of people moved forward to meet him after being greeted individually they mostly drifted off reluctantly one young man however stayed behind may I ask one more question he asked longingly of course what is it a man I much admire told me that any pleasure I feel is wicked that thought has plagued me no matter how I fight against it how can I move past the desire to feel pleasure John shook his head in disappointment that this young man would be so instructed by a man of faith I cannot think that when God sent us into the world he had irreversibly decreed that we should be perpetually miserable in it if our taking up the cross imply our bidding adieu to all joy and satisfaction how is it reconcilable with what Solomon expressly affirms of religion that her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace the man smiled broadly at this and went away much relieved his effort at being miserable 
clearly went against his personality and he left affirmed that God had made him cheerful for a reason after the man left John's host family came up to escort him back to their home for a noon meal I was amazed how many people came out to hear you in the rain I can't think of any other time I've seen such a thing happen why do you think people come from miles around to hear you John smiled I'm sure the answer is that God draws them but I also think if you catch on fire people will come from miles to see you burn people long for passion in their lives and so few demonstrate it my passion for Christ is compelling to those who long for it is there any hope that I could lead some of these people by instructing them in the scriptures his host asked then he hesitated and hung his head I know I haven't been to school to be ordained John put his hand on his friend's shoulder beware you be not swallowed up in books an ounce of love is worth a pound of knowledge give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God and I care not they be clergymen or laymen they alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth but John warned unless God has raised you up for this very thing you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils but if God before you who can be against you are all of them together stronger than God oh be not weary of well-doing his friend grinned broadly at that and felt a new courage overtake him God could use him too as they walked to his host's home John was glad that a few more people would be joining them for the meal as they settled in to eat one of them asked you are so confident and sure of yourself how did you become so self-assured John shook his head I'm not as confident as you think when I was young I was sure of everything in a few years having been mistaken a thousand times I was not half so sure of most things as I was before at present I am hardly sure of anything but what God has revealed to me the man looked at him in surprise and then burst out laughing 
That is very refreshing. John grinned and picked up a piece of bread when a young woman asked, Can you advise me on prayer? I feel I fail often at how I pray. How do you feel you fail? John asked. I don't have the right words. And I don't think I strive as much as I should in prayer. John frowned at these words. I think you are looking at prayer all wrong. You are making it a duty and chore rather than a delight. The woman looked at him in surprise. How can prayer be a delight? John put his fork down and looked thoughtful. After a long pause, he said, Thanksgiving is inseparable from true prayer. It is almost essentially connected with it. One who always prays is ever giving praise, whether in ease or pain, both for prosperity and for the greatest adversity. He blesses God for all things, looks on them as coming from Him, and receives them for His sake. Not choosing nor refusing, liking or disliking anything, but only as it is agreeable or disagreeable to His perfect will. So, I should always pray with thanksgiving John picked up his fork and put a large piece of food in his mouth he nodded vigorously and mumbled always Lord we take a moment to thank you for the many blessings you have brought to this loved one's life and we thank you in advance for the rest you will give this one who loves you amen John took a short rest before he'd be expected to preach again in a few hours sometimes he preached three times a day he was glad it would only be two times after his long journey he would spend the night again with these fine people and then he would get on his faithful horse and ride to the next town that was expecting him John was early in his ministry he didn't know that by the end of his life he would have ridden more than 250,000 miles on horseback and preached more than 40,000 sermons yet for all his work he knew his relationship with God was most important as he said and using all means seek God alone in and through every outward thing look only to the power of his spirit and the merits of his son beware you do not get stuck in the work itself if you do 
it is all lost labor nothing short of God can satisfy your soul therefore fix on him in all through all and above all rest now in the great God that John Wesley knew and preached enjoy his presence and bask in his love as you drift to sleep Romans 11 concludes with these wonderful words oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever amen sleep well beloved one and dream of God's love and goodness the horse plodded gently almost lulling John to sleep he was thankful for the motions steady rhythm that helped quiet his roaming mind as he headed to preach in another spot within the English countryside imagine what it felt like to bob along on a horse for miles and miles John slipped off his horse as he'd arrived at an inn anxious to rest for a few moments and to obtain a hearty meal before going on he stretched his weary muscles and took a deep breath to take in the tantalizing sense of food cooking on the hearth imagine these smells roasted meat and vegetables fresh baked bread fruit pies sweet puddings as John walked through the doors he noticed only a few people in the inn besides the proprietor one man was sitting alone so John asked if he could join him after ordering a meal the man readily agreed and John settled in next to him the man was a coal miner who had recently had to retire because of ill health after discussing this for a while John asked about the man's faith the man confessed that his faith had been all but extinguished for many years as John shared his own experience and how God had become vitally real to him the man hung on his every word 
So, instead of moving on after eating, as he'd planned, John stayed with this man for several hours. Opening his Bible and talking to him about how to revitalize his faith. Picture them with their heads together, pondering the scriptures. When John finally took his leave, he felt calm and peaceful. What a privilege to tell others of the great relationship God wanted with them through Christ. He patted his good horse on the nose and gave him a carrot he'd procured at the inn. Putting his foot in the stirrup and flinging his leg over the saddle, he continued on his way. Because of taking longer at the inn, he knew he would arrive at his host's home after dark. But John wasn't afraid, which wasn't because he was born courageous. He had to learn that painstakingly. As he rode, John thought back to his sea journey to Savannah, Georgia, in the Americas. He remembered seeing for the first time the ship that he'd spent weeks on. He'd been to the docks many times to admire the great sailing ships. But this would be his first big sea voyage. And he felt anticipation for all he would experience on this adventure. He was proud to be named chaplain of this fine vessel and was looking forward to becoming an Anglican pastor to the British colonists in Savannah. Picture yourself in his shoes, looking at the ship before boarding. The ship is huge, with three masts billowing in the breeze. The figurehead on the bow of the ship depicted Neptune with his fork. The sides of the ship were painted in striking, vibrant colors. John's journey ended up being quite different from what he'd expected. Rather than feeling superior as the chaplain, he felt humbled by others on the ship. When they met inclement weather, he had been frightened, but others remained calm, confident that God was in charge no matter what. With sobering clarity, he realized his faith was weak in comparison. A faith he'd learned at his mother's knee. He smiled as he thought back to his faithful mother. 
with 19 children to teach she had given them a stellar education and she had early taught them the holy scriptures John would forever be grateful for passages that filled his mind because of her instruction and her faith was more than lip service it was her very life and breath he remembered that when she became particularly overwhelmed with her many responsibilities she would throw her apron over her head that was a signal that all the children should grow quiet because she was talking to God the picture of this mother escaping the chaos the only way she could and turning to the only one who could help her was a powerful one in John's imagination and it helped him now to keep perspective during his busy itinerant schedule let's take an apron moment now Lord we ask that your child would rest all their cares at your feet we trust you to take their burdens so they do not have to carry them help them to feel your presence as you lift them from their shoulders right now in the name of Jesus I pray amen as he plodded on John remembered when he realized his own faith was weak after a disappointing time in Savannah he'd returned to his native England everything changed on May 24th 1738 as he recalled when he wrote in his journal in the evening I went very unwittingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans about a quarter before nine while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ I felt my heart strangely warmed I felt I did trust in Christ Christ alone for salvation and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins even mine and saved me from the law of sin and death after that John knew that his ministry would now be fruitful for it was genuine in his heart John patted his horse's head and looked out across his beloved England's countryside as they were well into spring 
the fields were covered in lush green it had been raining the day before but on this day the Sun was shining even though it was getting lower in the sky he smiled as he passed a field of wildflowers and caught the sweet smell of lilacs growing along the road imagine the smell of lilacs and let it permeate your senses as he rode on the Sun dipped toward the horizon the colors of the sky burst into an array of bright corals that took John's breath away no matter how many times he saw a sunset it always spoke to him of God's majestic glory and unending creativity a few minutes later the Sun was gone and dusk stole over the landscape a stone wall that had looked distinct a few moments before now blended into the landscape the birds grew quieter and a fox yelled somewhere in the distance a peace took over the land and John relaxed once more before he could process it the dusk was gone and he was plunged into darkness thankfully it was a clear night and the stars were brilliant the moon was just a sliver which made the night sky a vast blanket of alternative light John was thankful his horse would follow the road without his guidance so he could lean back and look up truly he thought the heavens declare the glory of God picture a night sky without modern lights imagine how brilliant the sky would look well after dark John arrived at his host's home the family had been waiting anxiously for him and raced out as soon as they heard his horse snort where have you been dear friend we were worried I'm sorry to have worried you I intended to be here much earlier but God had other plans for me and John told him of the man at the inn. as I always say do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can 
to all the people you can as long as you ever can reassured they patted him on the back and welcomed him in as they stepped through the front gate it squeaked a welcome and swung shut behind them John admired the garden with its rose bushes blooming in whites and pinks while the blue of morning glories climbed a trellis around the front door it was a pleasant and welcoming sight imagine yourself entering this garden in the way it would make you feel calm and restful John stepped into a cozy room that was dominated by a huge stone fireplace the ceiling was lined with large oak beams that looked as though they had been there for centuries as they were soot stained from the fireplace the wood floors were waxed to shiny perfection and a huge braided rug of many colors spread out across the worn boards like a ship sailing on an ocean John was led to an enormous table as the family gathered around they had already eaten but saved a generous portion for him hungry after his long ride John tucked into the abundant meal he knew the family had sacrificed to feed him so royally and he was touched by their kindness as John dined inside the family's oldest son led John's faithful horse to the carriage house brushed him down and gave him an extra dose of oats he would be treated as well as his master the son arrived back into the house just as John was finishing eating John already had his Bible out and was instructing those who had shown him such hospitality as he talked his host asked him how can you keep going to town after town you've been to hundreds so far and you aren't getting any younger aren't you weary John smiled of course I get tired but one of my favorite passages is Galatians 2:20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I now live in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me the truth of this passage keeps me going as it should guide us all 
I'm sure you must live by faith too and all you do the man nodded and the questions continued late into the night finally they led John to his bed and he collapsed in peaceful sleep picture yourself in this ancient home with its kind hospitality and sweet generosity the next morning dawn clear but soon clouded over with a light rain John's hosts were worried that it would affect those in attendance but John was confident God will bring exactly who he wants to be there the host's oldest son was appointed to hold the umbrella over John's head so that he would be free to open his Bible and preach from it to everyone's surprise a great crowd stood waiting for him to arrive there must have been close to a hundred people there in spite of the rain John looked out over the sea of umbrellas and began to preach his voice carried over the rain and across the crowd even those in the back could hear him clearly God had truly gifted him with a strong voice as John began he held up his Bible this book is more valuable than I can say why you ask because I want to know one thing the way to heaven and how to land safe on that happy shore God himself has condescended to teach the way for this end he came from heaven he hath written it down in a book give me that book at any price give me the book of God the crowd which had been muttering among themselves now became silent hanging on his every word enraptured with his passion they had never heard anyone preach like this after about 20 minutes the rain dissipated and the umbrellas began going down one by one John was glad that he could now see people's faces and was even more pleased when the Sun came out and bathed everyone in its warmth picture what it feels like to see the Sun after a rainy day and how comforting the warmth is when it has been particularly cool and wet 
John most liked to talk about God's tremendous love for his people and on this occasion he spoke of it often he ended his sermon with Romans 8 38 and 39 for I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord when he was finished a great swell of people moved forward to meet him after being greeted individually they mostly drifted off reluctantly one young man however stayed behind may I ask one more question he asked longingly of course what is it a man I much admire told me that any pleasure I feel is wicked that thought has plagued me no matter how I fight against it how can I move past the desire to feel pleasure John shook his head in disappointment that this young man would be so instructed by a man of faith I cannot think that when God sent us into the world he had irreversibly decreed that we should be perpetually miserable in it if our taking up the cross imply our bidding adieu to all joy and satisfaction how is it reconcilable with what Solomon expressly affirms of religion that her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace the man smiled broadly at this and went away much relieved his effort at being miserable clearly went against his personality and he left affirmed that God had made him cheerful for a reason after the man left John's host family came up to escort him back to their home for a noon meal I was amazed how many people came out to hear you in the rain I can't think of any other time I've seen such a thing happen why do you think people come from miles around to hear you John smiled I'm sure the answer is that God draws them but I also think if you catch on fire people will come from miles to see you burn people long for passion in their lives and so few demonstrate it my passion for Christ 
is compelling to those who long for it is there any hope that I could lead some of these people by instructing them in the scriptures his host asked then he hesitated and hung his head I know I haven't been to school to be ordained John put his hand on his friend's shoulder beware you be not swallowed up in books an ounce of love is worth a pound of knowledge give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God and I care not they be clergymen or laymen they alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth but John warned unless God has raised you up for this very thing you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils but if God before you who can be against you are all of them together stronger than God oh be not weary of well-doing his friend grinned broadly at that and felt a new courage overtake him God could use him too as they walked to his host's home John was glad that a few more people would be joining them for the meal as they settled in to eat one of them asked you are so confident and sure of yourself how did you become so self-assured John shook his head I'm not as confident as you think when I was young I was sure of everything in a few years having been mistaken a thousand times I was not half so sure of most things as I was before at present I am hardly sure of anything but what God has revealed to me the man looked at him in surprise and then burst out laughing that is very refreshing John grinned and picked up a piece of bread when a young woman asked can you advise me on prayer I feel I fail often at how I pray how do you feel you fail John asked I don't have the right words and I don't think I strive as much as I should in prayer John frowned at these words I think you are looking at prayer all wrong you are making it a duty and chore rather than a delight the woman looked at him in surprise how can prayer be a delight John put his fork down and looked thoughtful after a long pause he said thanksgiving is inseparable from true prayer 
it is almost essentially connected with it one who always prays is ever giving praise whether in ease or pain both for prosperity and for the greatest adversity he blesses God for all things looks on them as coming from him and receives them for his sake not choosing nor refusing liking or disliking anything but only as it is agreeable or disagreeable to his perfect will so I should always pray with Thanksgiving John picked up his fork and put a large piece of food in his mouth he nodded vigorously and mumbled always Lord we take a moment to thank you for the many blessings you have brought to this loved one's life and we thank you in advance for the rest you will give this one who loves you amen John took a short rest before he'd be expected to preach again in a few hours sometimes he preached three times a day he was glad it would only be two times after his long journey he would spend the night again with these fine people and then he would get on his faithful horse and ride to the next town that was expecting him John was early in his ministry he didn't know that by the end of his life he would have ridden more than 250,000 miles on horseback and preached more than 40,000 sermons yet for all his work he knew his relationship with God was most important as he said in using all means seek God alone in and through every outward thing look only to the power of his spirit in the merits of his son beware you do not get stuck in the work itself if you do it is all lost labor nothing short of God can satisfy your soul therefore fix on him in all through all and above all rest now in the great God that John Wesley knew and preached enjoy his presence and bask in his love as you drift to sleep Romans 11 concludes with these wonderful words oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever amen
sleep well, beloved one, and dream of God's love and goodness.